The HIT Network acknowledges the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation who are the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, my name's Justin Hill. I'm a TV presenter, red carpet reporter and Mr Gay Pride 2019 finalist and this is the Ally Podcast. What is the Ally Podcast? Well, it was born out of the idea of reaching everyone in the LGBTQIA plus community and those who are our allies across Australia. Growing up, I didn't really have a lot of people to have those conversations with people who were just like me, and it really took me a long time to find my chosen family, as it has done a lot of people. So the Hit Network has teamed up with the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras to bring you the Ally Podcast, and each episode I'm so excited to bring you a guest who is going to tell us their incredible story and the impact that they have had on the LGBTQIA plus community. Because everything starts with a conversation and joining me on the ally podcast today finally i get to actually meet him uh, in the flesh or as close as it's going to get nick navy it is so (laughs) nice to have you welcome to the podcast all the way from beautiful melbourne from melbourne yeah it's actually a sunny day today which like if you had to call me yesterday it was not (laughs) how i how very typical for melbourne um (laughs) hey It's so great to have you on. It's such a fantastic time that, you know, life is starting to slowly get back to normal. I feel like this is a great time. There's going to be a lot of inspiration for music out of it. You yourself have just launched uh, the new project you've been working on, the song Together Again, which I was having a listen to before. What Mm. What a nice kind of like... Like, you know, I was feeling very chill when I was listening to that song, oh, and I'm but fine. very thoughtful at the same time as well. Is that kind of like your music that you like to sort of tap into that, like that? Because I know you said you write sad songs, but they're not yeah. all sad songs, are they? No. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're like sad-esque, sad-adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> sad-adjacent. Um, they're, not, they're not full sad, but they can be pretty sad. But um, no, I think it's just like I like to make music that's pretty chill and pretty... Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty lyrical driven. Um, and yeah, just like, I don't know. I just, I'm very much a blurred out all of my, all of my feelings and emotions kind of person. So sometimes it's nice to be able to put that in music and not just blurt it out to my friends and family and, and, you know, to you know, yeah. have, a, have a purpose, a purpose. For Absolutely. Work. You, you um, have an area to channel it into. Yeah, exactly. And like this way, no one can tell me to stop talking because it's my music. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's my song. I'll do what I want with it, actually. I'll do what I want. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you about your song, Colour Me. Um, you know, the, the song that um, was kind of like written reflectively about the same-sex marriage plebiscite, uh, it was a very, um, I guess, it, it would have tugged on a lot of heartstrings at the time when it came out in 2018. And I guess I just wanted to ask, we're three years on, how are you feeling? You know, it's been some big changes for our community in the last couple of years. If you could stop and reflect on Colour Me now, how does it make you feel? I I feel like every artist has one song or a multitude of songs that, like, really kind of connects with them the most. And I think that song will always be the one that has, like, the, the nicest, like, softest spot in my heart, like... I wrote that song, um, I mean, it was it was four years ago yesterday that we had the, the announcement hey, of the, like, yeah, four years ago, yeah, yesterday. So um, I wrote that song about that time specifically, specifically about the, the plebiscite and all the kind of things that went on around 
the country throughout and around the world, really, but especially around Australia, given the vote was here um, about, yeah, yes and no votes and things like that. And I found myself hit a lot harder than I thought I would. Um, yeah. It came out when I was a teenager, so it was a while ago. Um, and uh, well, last year, thank you very much. <laughs> I, was about, I came out about, about just about, about eleven years ago that I came out. So it was it was long enough ago that I you know I had dealt with things. Um, but I think that yeah, going back to that place really kind of took me back to a lot of my own kind of just insecurities about the world and just about the place that I mm. that I took up and. The, the, the space that I was allowed to take up as well, you know, as a queer person. And I think it just kind of opened up a lot of, it, it kind of gave a lot of naysayers like airtime, you know, it yeah. gave them the opportunity, it gave them a platform, it gave them a, a kind of excuse to share their kind of, their grossness, so to speak. Yeah, you know? literally um, their grossness. There's a lot of gross behaviour that came out. <laughs> a lot of oh, support, would, but also some really gross behaviour exactly, as well. Exactly. And that was the thing. It was it was super touching and incredible to have so many so much support, but it also was really alarming to see the, the amount of, of negative talk. Yeah. So I did what a, a lot of people did and, you know, engaged in various social media, uh, you know, discussions let's call them discussions um, yeah. <laughs> and i wrote a not not a letter but i wrote a i wrote a, a facebook dm so like a you know a, a modern day letter uh, totally. to a politician to a politician who is extremely extremely on the no side um mm-hmm. and just kind of wrote like because i think my whole thing was that a lot of people that i found who were no voters or anything like that, maybe just hadn't really met someone or didn't really have someone that they knew. Um, yep. So I kind of wanted to try and see the, the best in in their, in their them, I guess, and go, well, hey, maybe you just don't have an experience with someone. You don't know what it's like, you know? So I just wrote a really yeah. open message and was just like, hey, this is my experience. This is what it is. This is what it's like. This is what your views do to me and to people that I love what are you doing? Like, wake up kind of thing. Yeah. A very short back and forth, which I didn't really expect from this politician. Um, and it wasn't a pleasant back and forth, but we went on a back and forth regardless. Um, and then I just took the the words that I said to that politician and, you know, and then turned it into the song, essentially. So, so thanks, loser um, politician. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a cool song. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, got to do that. And now I feel like every time I sing that song and, you know, that kind of thing that I, I kind of get to just, it's my kind of very polite FU song to, totally. to everyone that um, was against it, it, essentially. It certainly could have been a lot ruder. And I found myself... <laughs> um, having this conversation with someone today about the little bubbles that we tend to put ourselves in and and that we live in. And I'm curious to know if this is the case for you, that when something horrible like that does happen, um, like when you have a politician who doesn't really even want to get to know who you are, or for me the other day, it was someone calling me something, you know, calling me a horrible name when I was riding my bike. Like, it, it makes me go, oh, whoa, there are actually people who still don't like us because I think as a yeah. gay community, we surround ourselves. It's very important that we surround ourselves with people that we love and people that love us. Totally. And so it's funny when um, 
those instances come along and it's almost a little bit more shocking because we know that there is prejudice in the world and that there are people against us but when it kind of slaps you in the face like that you're like oh well yeah okay right so there's people that people that don't actually like me and even though you took a really nice way to try and educate that politician it still doesn't always work out great does it totally I I think you're exactly right like you do we obviously surround ourselves with people that love and respect us and you do sometimes forget that there are people out there that don't and yeah you do live in a bubble where like I'm not going to associate myself with someone who is against me as a person so they don't exist in my circle I don't see them every day so why would you give them airtime yeah Exactly. But then just like you said, like you forget, you forget that they exist. Like I had the same kind of situation as you on your bike. I had someone shout out a very horrible word to me on the street, um, just walking in my brand new bright pink t-shirt and, you know, got a... Which I love. It's my favourite t-shirt <laughs> that you have. <laughs> but, uh, I got a horrible slur shouted out at me for, by a total stranger. And you just kind of like, it's one of those moments where you don't like it doesn't get to you that that person said it. It just gets to you that there are people like that that still exist. Totally. Yep. I, and would, you go, I okay, would completely word, agree with you. Yep. Like your word doesn't hurt me and what you said doesn't hurt me, but the fact that I still have to have a wall up right. to protect myself from that, that's what hurts me. And right. it does make you nervous about just meeting new people and starting new jobs and just yep. anything where, you, where you're surrounded by people that, maybe I'm not going to be in that same bubble that you live in. And, and you do kind of have a, like, you do have to kind of put a bit of a wall up sometimes and it kind totally. of sucks to have to even do that, you know? It makes us very cautious, I think, as people. We're kind of like, you don't, and, and it would be nice to be able to trust everyone immediately, but unfortunately we don't have that luxury because many of us have been burnt by it before where we're like, well, when that happened that time, that person was really nasty to me. So I'm probably not going to do that. Exactly. And you just kind of use different words or you kind of like sense yourself yeah. a little bit to kind of, you know, dip your toes in the water, so to speak. And then once you realise you're in a safe environment, you're like, cool, I can open up a bit yeah. more. But, Absolutely. Um, it sucks that you have to do that. but And I hope we get to a place where we never have to do that. But um, yeah, it is a bit of, I mean, I think it's something that everyone goes through regardless of their sexuality or any other kind of thing that they're going through. Everyone does kind of, you know, have a bit of a wall up, but it's mm-hmm. a different kind of thing when you're, when you're just... I don't know when it's based on this kind of stuff that you just... I, no, I agree with you. Absolutely. It's a bit different and you just kind of, yeah, just have to be cautious, which sucks. <laughs> I I saw you say in an interview once that um, you, you often write down how you're feeling, even if it's just like a note on your phone and then delete it a few hours later. And you also yeah. said in another chat that you find music to be cathartic as well. Mm. I wonder if those two things can go hand in hand and by you writing it down, you are like starting to write new songs because you're actually, you're you're ejecting it from your body yet. You're also going, Hey, that's actually probably a really good lyric. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. My, my songwriting is like, is my, my coping mechanism for a lot of things that I do. Like a lot of the times, like when you have a, an event happen in your life or something that you want to talk about in a song, like, a lot of the time I find it really relaxing to just write the lyrics and you kind of understand how you feel about something a lot quicker because like you do just kind yeah. of write things down. I try not to censor myself too much when I'm writing words yeah. and stuff. And I just write all this stuff down. I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize I was that upset or that angry. Or yeah. That yeah. Or that, you know? 
Um, and it does kind of teach you how you feel sometimes. Um, and it also kind of like, I find, especially now that I've been writing for a little while now, you, you, you kind of look back on songs and you remember what you were writing about and you remember how you feel about something. It's almost like a nice little like photo of like, Mm. You feel it. <laughs> Especially you know? if you like write it down in the moment and then come back to it later and you're like, oh, because yeah. I find a lot of us do self-censor a lot of the time, even when we are, oh. you know, like talking about what's something that upsets us, we we tend to censor it a little bit. But if you're just sort of like writing it down in the minute and then you come back to it later, you might look at it with fresh eyes. Um, one of, like a week, yeah, a week later you look at it and you're like, yeah. oh, I forgot that I felt that way because I'm over that or whatever. I've, I, I've was mad. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad and now I'm <laughs> great. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really does. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's been amazing talking to you and getting to know you, but I'd like to know what what's the future hold for Nick Navy? What's coming <laughs> up? What exciting things? 2022 is going to be our year. So what are you doing? I'm so excited. Like, I feel like I'm not much of a, like, New Year's, like, resolution, like, kind of yeah. person. But I'm, like, super excited for 2022 because I just feel like it's the, it's a, it is a reset. It's a big reset that we need. It is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I put out the song with Tim Shield a couple weeks ago um, on his album Distractions 1, uh, which has just been nominated for the Australian Music Prize, which is really cool. Um, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, had that out a couple weeks ago. That's been really great. Um, through Melbourne Label Spirit Level. Um, and yeah, I've got an EP coming out next year. Um, that's also no big deal. Um, yeah, lucky just <laughs> casually mention, oh, I've got an EP coming out next year. <laughs> well, it was like I was supposed to have a song out around this time, but COVID just ruined everything with right. I had a specific photo shoot and everything that we're trying to do, and I couldn't do it with lockdown. So we're doing that in the, in the next coming weeks. Um, so I'll have a single out. Um, in the next few months, um, Amazing. which I'm super excited about. I have Just in time for Mardi Gras. I know. Hey, yeah. this is Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> How appropriate. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, have a single coming out in a couple months and then EP following that and just keep doing some more music. Um, just keep keep doing shows, got some shows planned and everything like that. And it's just going to be nice to getting back to, you know, being able to perform and play live again because that's obviously a long time. So that that is the goal. And if people want to follow you, they can follow you on Instagram at nick nik dot navy. Correct. Correct. That's, that's it. Hey, it's been so great <laughs> chatting to you today. I for one. I, for one, can't wait to see you at a live gig. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, the next time you are in my town, I will be seeing you, and I highly recommend that you go and see. If you want to have like a bit of a quiet cry in the corner. You know, this is some good tunes. <laughs> that I'm all about the recommend. quiet cry. I'm all about the quiet <laughs> yeah. cry. You can even have a loud cry if you want to. <laughs> Nick Navy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And joining me on the Ally podcast today is Melbourne's very finest, Dirty Versace. Nice to talk to you. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Even better talking to you now. It's so great to talk to someone who is so passionate about their art. I've been having a little stalky stalk of you on social media and I'm very, very excited for permission to come out and, you know, you were taking your followers through how you made the cover art and is that generally for you um, how, you know, each of your projects happen? There's just so much depth and story and yourself put into these projects. 
Uh, yes, 100%. Um, definitely. Like I, I have my hands in all the pies involved mm-hmm. in releasing my music from the production to recording to songwriting um, to mixing to creating the artwork to the videos. Um, and thankfully, it's been a really nice uh, distraction during lockdown to mm-hmm. just keep myself busy. But um, yeah, I'm just so passionate about Dirty Versace. And I also have like a very DIY approach to everything that I create. So yeah, thank you so much for saying that and for absolutely um, commenting on it. Yeah, no, it's awesome to see. It's just, it's like, I, like I said, it instantly says to me, you know, it shows just how much you care about what you're doing and what you're putting out into the world. Um, I saw a little while back on Facebook that you said that you were, I guess, a little bit worried about and how the music industry would accept and perceive a non-binary person in this world of what we know traditionally to be very, you know, uh, binary. I would mm. like to know where are we at now? How are you feeling about it? Here you are, you know, <laughs> so much, so much music in. How has it been? Um, I, I think with every release that I do, I'm always just like shitting myself. <laughs> I think I'm still, because... Like, Jody Versace is still very new for me. Um, that I do feel like I'm kind of like, is this, am I just having a little bit of a fluke here with the success that I've had? Or like, you know, there's a lot of nervous energy there because I was really worried about how the industry would take like a non-binary drag queen music producer. And I'd kind of struggled with... Um, queer representation in my previous projects and mm-hmm. I had some pretty horrible things like stipulated about how I wouldn't achieve success as a queer artist but that was you know 10 years ago so you know those insecurities were definitely there but I've received nothing but love and support for what I'm doing with Dirty Versace and that's what I want to project and keep moving forward with like uh, manifesting positivity and mm-hmm. um, just like beaming out my creativity unconditionally. So mm. yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I, for me, it feels like you are on the cusp of a tidal wave, a, a non-binary tidal wave, if you will. We have <laughs> some of the greatest acts in the world who are representative of the non-binary community like Demi Lovato and Sam Smith, and, and it's amazing to see them living their truth and also yeah. being a bit of a beacon in what can be a very cloudy, um, you know, kind of like environment sometimes. Um, do you... Do you find yourself talking about that a lot or is it something that has just, because um, I always wonder, are you are you continually educating people? Because I feel like I am sometimes because a lot of people around me don't understand it and I'm happy to educate them. Or do you find that the circles that you move in now, you've kind of, it's kind of like just become, it's part of who you are and there's not a lot of questions around it? Mm, interesting question. I think the further I dive into like, bigger things with like the industry the more I realize like how sheltered I am in my little bubble here in Melbourne mm-hmm. um because I have been like um even I do have to like uh kind of like bring people up to I know that's not the right word kind of like educate people to be like yeah. no you can't represent me by using male pronouns 
like and it does like create a lot of use a lot of energy because I don't really want to do that mm. but I do encounter it sometimes with different things and I'm generally like not a very confrontational person so I gen- I sometimes just like let things slide because I just don't have the energy to deal with sure. it yeah um but yeah it's it's something that I'm really conscious of that the broader music industry isn't very cultured still and I think that's why this conversation is important because um the binary is still very strong mm, <laughs> out there mm-hmm. very much so in melbourne it's like within my community here it's i feel like i often forget sometimes that this isn't what the real world is like out there yeah because we do have like such a you know amazing i do have an amazing group of people surrounding me but yeah it just yeah. reminds me that it's not like that out it's funny, there. isn't it, sometimes when you come across a little bit of homophobia or transphobia or something like that, and it really shocks you out of your bubble and you're like, whoa, whoa, okay, right, yeah, no, the, the world I'm living in is sometimes, because I find myself, I, I sometimes forget that, you know, not everyone is as accepting as, you know, the rest of the world is, but I do find yeah. that, you know, it is my, um, I guess, my, my honour and my responsibility to educate the wider population and be thankful that they are open to education and that we actually have a backward and forward conversation like that, you know, um, in and outside of our community. Um, I was talk, I, I talk a lot with, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, another non-binary um, mm. drag queen who, and I would love to know if you agree with this, who said that, you know, um, and this was years before um, et cetera did uh, drag race, but we were talking about, gender and um misgendering someone and how difficult it can be when you are non-binary because I guess it's the new kid on the block but Mm. etc said it's like if someone says to you hi my name is Debbie and then you continually you might accidentally call Debbie you know Danielle and it's an accident but if you continually call Debbie Danielle when Debbie has told you her name is Debbie then it's a different conversation. Accidents happen. Yeah. People shouldn't be yeah. scared to misgender people because it happens all the time. But if you are purposefully misgendering someone, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a great Tip perspective next. to have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way to put it. I just think it just makes people feel a yeah. little bit more at ease and not feel nervous about saying he she they them you know it's it's we get anxious at the best of times when we're meeting new people and it's it's a lot to remember someone's name sometimes but you know if you're willing to open your eyes and your heart to that then that's really all that matters right yes and um someone told me uh, like a friend said that i like that we live a really privileged life because we've been able to you know, have these experiences where our mind is open enough to like understand this and that Mm -hmm. people who don't like even know what non-binary is like, right? you know, we, I don't know, that's the other side that I always remind myself. No, that's a really valid point. Yeah. Because they, they can't even open their mind to it. Yeah. Um, Tell me about permission. I mean, tell me about this new baby of yours and what it's what it's going to say to people when they hear this song yeah this this song has been uh huge, has had a huge work in progress with like the journey of it it was written originally with my friend Milo Hartill um and then like and then we took it to Mo Louie who's featuring on it um singing on it as well 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, I've worked with like a few of my friends to like co-produce it. Um, but the song is about not needing permission to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all I kind of want to say about the meaning of it for now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's probably the most dancey song I've worked on and released, uh, will be releasing so far. So yeah. yeah, I'm just really excited about it. Hey, um, the world is opening up again, which is super exciting. And I saw that you are playing summer camp festival next year, which is also oh, yes. so exciting. You are going to be with some massive names. Like, I mean, who out of that lineup are you most excited to see? Is it Homegrown, the Veronicas? Is it Years and Years? Is it like, <laughs> there's just some incredible names in that lineup. Uh, yeah, I'll probably die if I saw Years and Years. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, would you no. be all tongue-tied and be like... <laughs> Yeah, I would probably just faint unless I manage to do the talking. Someone hold me up. Someone, yeah, I'll just be in the corner dying. That's so great. Um, are, you, are you excited to get back on stage and just, you know, see people and perform again and just see sweaty bodies, which I'm sure there are going to be plenty of at summer camp? Yeah, oh, definitely. I'm itching for those DJ decks like crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. I can imagine. Well, look, it's been super great talking to you today. Uh, you are a fantastic artist. You've got a great body of work behind you already, and I cannot wait to see what comes from this point onwards. And um, I cannot wait to see an amazing 2022, 2022 for Dirty Versace. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honour. Okay, joining me today on the Ally Podcast is the one and only Sarah Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. What a pleasure it is to have you on our little podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you? I am so good, even better now that I've been listening to Killing Time and I immediately have uh, my favourite line from your latest single and it is text me so I can ignore it. And I was like... Stop. <laughs> I've actually like, been... Um, that is also my favourite line because it's just like... I, that was actually an apology to all of my friends and family yeah. who will text me and I just like... I. For context, I found out after I wrote this song that I got diagnosed with ADHD and I was like, right. well, that makes sense why I'm not replying to anyone because my brain's like, sorry, you can't actually do this yeah. anymore and yeah. I that was my favorite line so much and I know that other people won't be able to see this but I've actually been embroidering that Have line you? and it's actually uh, next to me <laughs> so you, I know this is audio only but picture in your mind a little embroidered oh, guys, I have of, to describe it to you it's like the most adorable little like um not done yet, that but... you've ever seen it's so cute I like <laughs> that line because when I heard it, I was kind of like reading about the song as I was listening to it. But the song is not about, it's not about ignoring your friends or it's not about being so busy you can't get back to them. No, it's not at it's, all. It's yeah. about this feeling that I feel like so many of us have when you think that everyone secretly hates you and that then they don't want to hang out with you. Am I right? Is that kind of like part of the DNA of the song? Yeah, you actually, like, you basically, you nailed it. That's exactly what yeah, the whole okay, song's about. Good. I just, <laughs> like, I would be confident and comfortable with all my friends and then all of a sudden something would enter my brain being like, no, they hate you and you Ugh. should just stop replying because no one cares enough, like, don't bother. And if you don't bother, then nothing bad can happen almost. Right. And You're in a safe zone. I, 
that's where like the whole killing time thing came from because I was like I'm sick of not doing anything and never going out and being too scared to do anything because my life feels like it's wasting away but at the on the other end of that I was like but what if terrible things happen and, and I just that song was yeah. kind of me trying to figure out how to you know be more Live. comfortable with myself yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And also be a better friend because I feel like on the other side, when you're so anxious to talk to people, I want to be a good friend and I don't like ignoring the people that text me and I want to be a safe space for my friends to come to and they're always a safe space for me to come to. And at your core, I'm sure that's who you are as a person. Like, you know, but you can't help these thoughts that your brain has. And something that you touched on a second ago was that you were diagnosed as ADHD after you wrote the song. Was it? a bit of an aha moment or were you like, I kind of had an inkling that that might've been the case because I mean, I feel like some people when they are diagnosed, it really gives them some sort of understanding as to why they are, how they are, because really there's no no kind of like, there's no like, yep, this is, this is the um, traits of it. And it's just so 100% in stone. This is what you are. A lot of people go on and don't actually find out until they're adults that they are, they have been very well dealing with this or sometimes not so well, but dealing with this situation. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, I was diagnosed with anxiety. And so a lot of the things that came with ADHD, I kind of just blamed on anxiety and, Oh, my airport fell out. Here we go. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> I didn't even know what like inattentive ADHD type was when I was even writing that song, I had no inkling that I had ADHD at all. It actually, I found found out via TikTok, which I feel like now that information is oh, spreading God, that's more. how my life is like done these days. And uh, by finding out so many things via TikTok, I, I find I start conversations these days where I saw this thing on TikTok, literally on a daily basis. So right? Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my information. But that's also how I found out about inattentive type ADHD because I didn't wow. know that that existed. I just always thought, especially like, for ADHD, you you grow up thinking that it's just like little boys running around and they're hyperactive. And that's yeah. why a lot of men do get diagnosed more than women do because they present with the hyperactive type more than right. women presenting with the inattentive type. And I just thought that I was lazy and couldn't do anything. But turns out <laughs> my brain was just lacking a bit of dopamine, you know? So right. we are getting diagnosed was kind of like being set free. It was like, it was a positive thing more than anything. And it has let me, I, I, I love talking about it because I didn't know about inattentive ADHD beforehand. And now that I know it's changed my life and I want other people who have never considered that, you know what I mean? To, yeah, totally. It's, it, it, it's yeah. almost like you don't have to be fixed, but you yeah. now have an understanding of why you do the things that you do. Yeah. And you have strategies and you can cope a bit better. Totally. And my quality of life has improved so much. And Looking back at especially Killing Time, like the lyrics in that song, when I didn't know I had ADHD and I didn't even know what it was, I was like, oh, that could have diagnosed me in the in the first place. Like that whole you song. Must have, you <laughs> must now look at so much of your body of work of music and just be like, aha. Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, I want to talk to you about the LGBT community. And one thing that is just so apparent to me and our community is that Music goes hand in hand with who we are. And I think even on a humanity level, it it does. But I think in particular for our community, because I find personally that we are looking for ways to express ourselves. We're looking for ways to express how we feel um, when sometimes the words aren't there. Have you found 
you know, your, like, what has your expression been like in your career with music and, and having that kind of like deeper level of a connection to music as someone from the LGBT community? Yeah, I feel like with me, I kind of like look back at my past. So when I was growing up, my auntie had a female partner and she was in that, you know, lesbian relationship since I was little. And so like half of me growing up, like my family was very accepting in that end. But in the other half of me, I went to a Catholic school growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I was made to feel uncomfortable about right. being bisexual. And I honestly didn't even realize until I left school, I should have known when I had more of a crush on Alice Cullen than Edward Cullen um, in the Twilight series. Same. Well, I was going to say same, but like they're opposite. Reverse. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I should have realized, but I just was like, oh, like I'm accepting of that community, but I, I yeah. there's no possible way I can be a part of that. And I just, it became a very like awkward thing with me and my sexuality. I felt uncomfortable talking about it. I felt uncomfortable being sexual, especially in songs. And one of my aim in music has been to be more comfortable, like making like sexy songs or whatever, or yeah. talking more about it and not being awkward because that's kind of what I went through with my own sexuality and becoming comfortable with being bisexual and open with that. But also like being able to talk about that in my music has been a really like cathartic moment for me and has helped me accepted myself and my past and, my ability, my inability for my past self to talk about it has kind of yeah. opened up my current self too, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's where, unfortunately, we find things like bi erasure and, you know, it, it almost has become that like, well, you have to be this or you have to be this, depending on how you've been raised. But I feel like at the moment we're in this beautiful moment where, you know, it's like it, we're um, constantly discovering more and more and more about our community. And I find myself having this conversation, and I don't know about you, but um, one thing that comes from inside and outside the community is, oh, you know, how many letters do we have to have in the acronym? And I'm like, do you know what? I'm like, we should have as many letters as we want. I'm like, because just because you are gay or you are a lesbian, you define like there are so many people that are very proud of their letter in the acronym. And I think that if we have young kids listening to this or watching people like us in the media and all we have to do is give them a letter in the acronym to make them feel welcome, then we should do that. Like, because I guess our sexuality is being, um, I guess it's, it's opening like a beautiful flower. Like every year there's like more and more and more that they were finding out to it. And I find like, I, I'm, I'm curious about like when you did kind of like come to this moment where you were like, actually, I am a bisexual woman. Did you kind of look for a sense of belonging in the community? Had you always felt that way because of your aunties or did you kind of look upon the community with different eyes? Like how was it for you? Yeah, I think for a lot of bisexual people, it's often like you're assumed to be straight. You know, and that's for a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus whatever yeah. letter you want to be. Absolutely. That, like it, you're just assumed straight until you have to say to so like something else. And my especially favorite name life. at the moment, sorry to cut you off. My favorite name for oh, at the moment is the alphabet mafia. Have you heard that term? No, that's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, I'm telling everyone about it because I'm like, it's just brilliant. I'm like, we will be the whole alphabet if we want to be. Sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm so distracted by the alphabet mafia now. Um, <laughs> And yeah, you were no, saying like, how, like, you're yeah. assumed straight mm. until you have to say something. And I almost feel like we, like, 
it doesn't cost anyone anything to be kind and to be accepting of other people. And like being a bisexual person, I just want to accept anyone for who they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like, I don't yeah. particularly care. It shouldn't matter to anyone. It, no. It's free to be nice. You know what I mean? If Absolutely. it doesn't hurt you, if someone like needs, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I, I understand completely what you're the saying. Like, they, and I was like, no longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I get what you're saying. If It shouldn't impact you if someone wants to feel wanted. Exactly. And you should feel like you fit in yeah. anywhere you go. And people should make you feel comfortable as a baseline, you know, like. So it has I, no I impact on you and no cost to it you. It has no impact on you. No. To be nice to other people and what other people do with their time. As long as someone's yeah. not hurting someone, let them do whatever they want. Like. Call yourself whatever you want. You have absolutely nailed it. That's precisely what it is. It doesn't cost anything for someone else to allow you that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like being a kind and being an accepting person can change someone else's life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. having people in my life who have been kind and accepting to me when I barely even knew them, especially the LGBTQ plus community, the alphabet mafia community, (laughs) like... You just feel so safe and comfortable and wanted. And that's when you can really start to be yourself when, once you feel safe. 100%. And I also, coming back to TikTok though, like I have found out so much more about myself and the community via TikTok. Like mm-hmm. it's such an amazing space to be on if you get into the right spaces on TikTok, like yes. the safe spaces. <laughs> yes. And once um, you get on gay talk. Once you get on gay talk, which is a very, <laughs> which is safe talk in my opinion, like yeah. it's, it's opened me up, especially even like the ways that I dress has become a lot more androgynous. Like I just care a lot less what other people think now. And mm. I wish that when I was like growing up in school and things like that, I had had those visuals in my mind as like, you can be whatever you want to be and you don't have to mold yourself into Same. what other people want. And I like being bisexual, like you. you don't have to appear straight and no, that's okay. And before we wrap up, um, okay, so live gigs are back. We are so grateful for that. Where can we see you? What have you got coming up? Because I feel like Killing Time is the song of now and I feel like there's going to be a lot more of that to come. So, you know, what what's on the horizon for you? Oh, my gosh. Well, we will have many more singles next year um, and then obviously building into something bigger, which, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm going to hint, but, you know. Um, and then... <laughs> In terms of live stuff, I had a lot organized before the Sydney lockdown, but then everything kind of got cancelled. But yeah. the one thing I do still have locked in is next, I think in February, I'll be playing at Torchfest, which is a mental health music festival, which I'm very excited nice. for. So check that out. And we can follow you on social media on what's your Instagram handle? It's Sarah Wolf. It should be that on most things. With an E for extra because she's a little bit extra. Of course. <laughs> and now when I type anything that ends with an F, I accidentally add an E on to Add an end. E. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if we get any emails from you with some additional E's in it, that's why, because it's just a little bit extra. Um, Sarah Wolf, it's been so nice chatting to you today. Uh, that that was, it's just such an exciting time. Uh, cannot wait to celebrate Mardi Gras with you in 2022. World Pride in 2023. It's going to be very exciting and I can't wait to see so many more things to come from you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for being an amazing interviewer. My pleasure. <laughs>